the latest apps, the World Wide Web. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. Whānau, Corvon Davis Tene with you right through till 8 o'clock on episode 229 of Sunday Social. I'm going to start off with an absolute, absolute first world problem. Here's my first world problem. Driving from home to Radio Live with window down, singing along to Crowded House, and then realising that you're stopped at the lights outside Neil Finn's studio, and if he steps out just at the wrong moment, you're going to look like a complete goose. Complete goose. It's a risk I'm willing to take because I enjoy singing along to his music. Hey, it's going to be a great show. Love you to join me. Text 3920 keyword live. That will pop up right here in front of me. You can tweet me at Vaughan Davis. I'll tweet you right back. Later on, Anna Connell. She's probably in the house already somewhere. She's sniffing around, no doubt. She's going to join us with uh, what you could buy instead of the new iPhone. It's quite a long list because they cost quite a lot of money. Uh, A very, very intimate look at the All Blacks. uh, An aspect, an aspect of the All Blacks you might not have thought of before. And how Google, and if you're following me on Twitter, you know all about this already, how Google can turn you into a work of art. First, though. Chris Denson is a humorist, innovator, and host of long-running podcast Innovation Crush. He's coming to Auckland to talk at a conference called Ad Tech on the 15th of November and joins me via the phone from LA, I believe. Chris, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Vaughn? I'm doing really, really well. You know what? I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to do you a favour here because this is Māori Language Week. Māori Language Week. Te wiki o te reo Māori. Pardon me. Um, I'm going to tell you how to say g'day in uh, in Māori. So when you come down, uh, you'll you'll just blend right in. And the phrase is kia ora. Kia ora. You got it. You got it. how did, did, did I nail it? Did I nail it for you? You nailed it absolutely. You're going to fit right <laughs> in. Hey, and thanks for uh, thanks for staying up super late for me. I know it's uh, well past your bedtime over there, but I'm going to start off in an, an interesting sort of direction uh, that a lot of our listeners uh, will resonate with. I think you started out in the entertainment industry, so you're a bit of a futurist now. But you started out in the entertainment industry working with someone a lot of New Zealanders uh, my age or older will know, Lisa Gibbons. Ah, wow. You you are well researched. That is She's that she's is, still she's good uh, research. She's she's still very famous yeah. here, Chris, more famous than you, but we're going to fix that tonight. So so tell me about that. Yes, let's fix that. 
That was uh, that was actually my first entertainment industry job. I mean, I had done stand-up, and then I moved from one city, uh, Detroit, to Los Angeles. Um, and my first job was a production assistant on the Lisa Gibbons show on the Paramount lot, um, just running around, getting her food and getting food for the crew, finding videotapes. This is like when you actually had videotapes to go and get um, and just like really just be being exposed to the broader entertainment industry because when you're on a giant studio lot like Paramount uh, and working for Lisa Gibbons, you you definitely have a lot of access. So uh, very very much a, a formative time uh, <laughs> of my career. So so if, if this was the Muppet Show, you would be you would be Gopher, I suppose. Exactly. Yes, I would be go for. Um, yeah, a lot of lot of lunches, a lot of like re- recipient of yelling. Um, not from Lisa necessarily. She was actually super, like she's super super nice. Um, but you know, like it's production, so you you need things at a certain time, and you want them the way you want them, and everybody's very afraid for some reason. Well, you you won't get any of that down here. You'll be you'll be lucky if you find anyone to go and get your coffee for you at all. You'll probably have to do it yourself. Don't worry, there's a star. Eh, you the, know. There's a Starbucks here. I believe Amer- Americans are yelling. <laughs> no, 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 no need, no need for the yelling. These these days, your main, uh, I guess, showbiz, if you can call it that, uh, channel is a podcast called Innovation Crush. Um, I, I'm going to ask in general about that, but um, have you had Elon Musk on, and, and did you guys inhale? No, you know what? No, I inhaled. He was not on the show. <laughs> so there, therein lies the disconnect. Um, no, the show has been great. It's, I mean, we uh, are fortunate enough to have, you know, j- recently posted our 200th episode. Um, four and a half years, 750,000 subscribers around the world. It's launched a book. We've had numerous partnerships with everyone from the White House to a couple of events over your way in creating content. Um, it's just been a really great journey thus far and really getting a chance to speak to some world-class innovators, and that maybe not necessarily Elon Musk, but um, Damon John, uh, Damon Kulash from OK Go. There's just been a ton over the past you know, four and a half years um, or just really insightful conversations about how and why people do the things they do, that they do, um, where the ideas come from, how they resonate with them personally and interpersonally. So it's it's been really really great. What what motivates you to uh, kick off the the podcast in the first place? You know, I, at the time, I like I just left a role at a company. There's a company called Machinima. So I don't know if any gamers listen to your your show. But, you know, in the gaming arena, Machinima is a really big deal, like globally. And, you know, I'd left there and um, I started to talk to a few different companies about their innovation agendas. And I'll, we can get into what I believe about innovation in, in, a, in a little while. Mm. But uh, realizing that, like, a lot of people didn't understand what exactly it meant and how to structure their businesses around it. You know, they understood the definition of the word, obviously. But, you know, I said, you know what, let me start to surround myself you know, selfishly with just people that I admire, that I know, understand what it is, and are practitioners, and, you know, sought-after names, 
And then secondly, it's just like a really, hopefully a really good educational tool on how to, you know, increase your innovation potential, whether you're an individual or an organization um, and everything else in between and, and really like learn from, I mean, we've had everyone from scientists to artists to people who run innovation departments inside of Fortune 50 companies. So, you know, from the practical to the exploratory, and what are those lessons and insights you can glean from those those individuals? Well, you, you said an interesting thing. You said everyone knows the definition of innovation, but I, I'm not so sure you're right. What 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 would your definition of innovation be? I, you know, I kind of use more of a, I guess, a thesaurus of sorts, <laughs> um, and really, it's just like a reimagining. Like, who's really doing a great job of reimagining? their industry, their craft, or how people engage with the products and services they create. Um, and a true reimagination means like, oh, wow, I ne- you know, me as a layman, I would have never thought to do it that way. And, you know, it's in some ways it's, it becomes very disruptive. That's another industry buzzword. Um, and in some ways it's just like, oh, that is a really smart way of getting that thing accomplished. And, and I guess, um, you know, I guess for, a, a mark of it is is once an innovation is introduced and picked up, you just don't go back. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, the, the iPhone 10 years ago, who would have thought a phone without buttons? And now you'd be crazy to buy a phone with buttons, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, and that's, it's interesting you mentioned the iPhone because one of the things I think about, uh, I mean, I was one of those people who was like, texting is stupid. Like just call me; it'll be easier, right? And and now and now look at our behavior. Um, and so you know, it's this idea that it's not that people don't like change; they don't like transition, right? It's that uncomfortable, like getting to the next thing. And I think true innovation is exactly what you just pointed out. It's like we're going to lead you towards something that we think is going is, is a good guesstimate. Right, you know, if you think about all the the products that have come out of Apple, you know, there was the pen that flopped a few years ago, right? Like there's the Apple Pen, there's all sorts of things, you know, the animated emojis. They thought that was going to be a big deal for the most recent iPhone. So, you, you know, it's not always a, a, uh, an absolute win, but innovation is also the process you go through of just iterating on your product or your your service. Is it important uh, for it to be, you know, true innovation in, in your view that it actually, you know, solves a problem and helps people? But you know, it's kind of the difference between innovation and novelty. And I'm thinking of a um, a company you'll be very familiar with, but some listeners won't over here, called Juicero, which was a very, very expensive uh, device sat on your kitchen bench connected to the internet for some reason I'm not really quite clear on, and squeezed pouches of juice into a glass. <laughs> great. <laughs> did I, did no, I sum I, it up? Yes, you did. You did a great job. Um, no, I, you know, I think some of it is just, like, again, uh, you know, focusing on the process of innovation. Sometimes you don't always know where the experiment is going to get you. Um, I had a chance to interview a guy by the name of, bear with me, Hakeem Oluseyi, um, who is, uh, he was the chief science officer for the Discovery Channel uh, Mm -hmm. here in the States. And, you know, two degrees in astrophysics, you know, works for NASA right now, um, a comedian, like he's just a really all-around great guy. 
And one of the things I asked him was like, hey, you know, there's so many scientific reports that come out on a, you know, a daily basis. And here I am trying to just put food on the table for my kids. So what's relevant to me in the science world versus, you know, something that's practical for me to actually adapt, you know, to use in my life? And he said, he gave this great example of there was a discovery that happened in the 1920s. And um, they didn't know what they were going to do with it. It was just science for the sake of science. And he said that, you know, 40, 50 years later, that one discovery was the thing that led to the reason our cell phones work. Right. It's, it, and so it just lay dormant for, uh, you know, decades. And so I think you take something like Juicero, like you have to go through these iterations of experimentation and, and filtering of what works, what doesn't, what's novelty, what's useful. And those all those things feed one another in the innovation process. And, and I guess there'll be some uh, parents of teenage kids listening who would wish that that thing was never discovered in the 1920s and their cell phones uh, still <laughs> still didn't work. Hey, talking to Chris exactly. Denson, a humorist innovator, and coming to Auckland to speak at a conference called Ad Tech in November. Back soon. Navigate. Navigating the dig- digital landscape. landscape. Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. Welcome back to Sunday Social and kia ora Chris from LA. Hello. Yeah. Um, heading, leave. Yeah, heading down this way in November to talk at a conference called AdTech. We were talking a little bit about your podcast, Innovation Crush, before the break. And you talk about people who might give some insight into innovation, what it is, how it happens, and, and give opportunities for your listeners to learn from them. But you don't just limit it to, you know, people who happen to work at Apple, Google, Microsoft. You cast your net quite wide. Tell me about that. Yeah, I think it's it's important to, you know, I think a lot of us get a really good shock to the system when it comes to education and the things that stimulate us when a lesson comes from a domain that's outside of our own. So, you know, I've had the pleasure of chatting with folks from NASA to a nine-year-old kid who raised $1.2 million here in the United States for his best friend's disease. Uh, you know, at the time he wrote this book, I think he was uh, seven or eight, um, to, you know, uh, Marika Anthony Shaw from Arcade Fire, who found a new way for Arcade Fire and dozens of bands around the world to, you know, um, support the causes that they love. And yes, we've had the usual suspects from, you know, Steve Wozniak, who's the co-founder of Apple, to Miguel McKelvey, who's the founder of WeWork. But uh, you're absolutely right. It's, it's finding the innovation process in so many other different fields and really finding those principles of innovation is, is really what we're looking for. And so that gives us a, uh, uh, an ability to be broad, but it also gives us, you know, an ability to, like, say that these are universal principles. These aren't just for, oh, you want to build cars? Here's how you build cars, right? It's, it's, uh, and that's even the reason that I wrote this book, you know, uh, 10 Essential Rules for Breaking Essential Rules, which breaks down sort of these principles that I've uncovered in the process of just doing innovation myself as well as interviewing these amazing people. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the book in a moment and, and maybe save people the $12.99 or whatever it is. But one of the, uh, one of the names that uh, stood out for me on the list of people you've had on the Innovation Crush, 
podcast was uh, band members from OK Go, which um, listeners will, will know as much for their music as for their amazing, amazing, inventive music videos that just seem to be, um, you know, ever, ever increasing uh, complexity, ever increasing magic, one shot, um, enormous casts, mechanical devices. Tell us about them. Yeah, that was that was a really fun just conversation. So, uh, a fun fact, the most fun, like probably one of the most fun facts on my show ever was the fact that uh, Damien Kulash, who's the sort of the front man, the vo- vocal person uh, from OK Go, his grandfather invented the fish stick. So the that's a whole other story. Stick. Yeah, to to. <laughs> Get out. So was he was he Captain Bird's Eye? <laughs> exactly. Well, we I think we have Vandy camps here mm-hmm. in, uh, in the states, but, yeah, but yes, it's definitely. Um, it was like, oh, you come from this long lineage, and it was such a happenstance story. It was such a thing where it was like, oops, I made a fish stick. Um, so uh, no, but I, I think when you find a band like that or any other entity who really like all. All any of us wants is to cut through the clutter and be acknowledged, right? And so for OK Go, is the same thing. You know, they start off as a band in Rhode Island, and they're like, how can we get people to our shows? And then, you know, how can we get people to listen to our music? How can we get people to watch our videos? And then the creative process starts. And like, whoa, you start to ask the what is of the world. And thankfully for that group of four individuals, and that's another thing that when you think about this process of innovation, is consensus. You know, none of this stuff happens in a vacuum. You mentioned mm-hmm. Elon Musk earlier, but Elon has a team. You know, he has people that he go, goes to and talks to, and they are the people who execute. And, you know, as much as we celebrate the individual, there's a lot of, like, um, uh, just convincing other people to see the vision, right? And those sometimes they, they conflict, sometimes they don't, uh, but you get that greater good. And so for OK Go, it was just like, how do we just continue to wow? And then, they, of course, like, you want to up the ante the, the next time you do it. So each time is a new exploration of how can we top what we did last time? Right, like, and that's it's all. Especially in their case, it's a it's a really hard ask, but it's a fun thing to explore. It it really is. You you talked about consensus as being a principle of innovation. What are some of the others that uh, you've you've discovered or had confirmed across the you know hundreds of interviews you've done? Consensus is one. I mean, one of the things I speak a lot on is this idea of the emotional, the emotionally intelligent side of innovation. You know, the idea that at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing or what you've thought of, you know, you as Vaughn or you as a company, um, it, you have to convince other people. And so there's a pitch process that happens, right? Like, you know, your LinkedIn profile is in a, essentially a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. Everything's story telling everything's story driven and so you know it's a very lonely journey when you come out so we talk a lot about loneliness in the book and just like when you see the world or an opportunity a certain way and you're continually on this you know ferris wheel of trying to convince other people to see the vision of, of what you see whether that's a, an investor or a boss or your spouse right like um, here's why I'm doing this um, there's that. There is this idea of teams. Like, how do you structure a team around innovation? And 
you know, um, looking at the different types of skill sets that you would require that may not necessarily be native to the industry that you're working in. So I ran an innovation team for a very large media agency called OMD, and I hired writers, I hired scientists, I hired professors. Um, I didn't hire people who worked in media, which is basically like, you know, billboards, print ads, um, digital media banners, things like that. I, I wanted to find people who were naive to this industry um, and be able to bring, you know, new sets of thinking to what the, the, the problems that our clients were trying to solve on a day-to-day basis. So those are a couple, um, but there are 10. So, so we we, yeah, we don't we do we we don't have to do the whole ten. Otherwise, no one's going to come to your talk, are they? I suppose we need we need to we need to we need to leave them wanting more. I, w- I would say at this point, uh, my day job, I own a, a small and very creative advertising agency that should uh, Omnicom be you know in acquisition mode when you're down in Auckland, uh, you should should come knocking. Um, the yeah lo- yeah I bring my I bring my checkbook. Bring your ch- checkbook. You Americans are so old fashioned, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. We take checks. We're, we're behind in some ways, but in others we're not. So yeah, the the lonely the loneliness uh, the loneliness of the long distance innovator. I was I was thinking as you were you were saying that of, of poor old Mister Fishstick a hundred years ago trying to convince people to eat rectangular fish when you know God made fish fish shape. That would have been that would have been right. quite a uh, quite an uphill battle, I guess. So you're coming to Auckland yeah. in uh, in a couple of months. Um, what what can people expect to hear? at the uh, EdTech conference? Well, it's an interesting, like the theme this year, which is really interesting, is lighting up the next room. And it is, you know, these sort of, I'll, I'll, I'll call it generational, but I think it's just, it's really just like how one idea sparks the next idea, right? It's the thing that mm-hmm. you encounter that makes you go, oh my gosh, that was awesome. I want to do something as similar as that. I talk about it in my book a lot about the, the idea of the goosebump moments. Right, we encounter a lot of good ideas on a daily basis, but there are going to be certain ones that are the ones that, uh, that actually cause an emotional reaction. And so, I think those are the things that motivate us to continue to create. You know, um, one of my guests said that we all started off being fans of something. Right, you saw something, and you're like, I want to do that. And I think that's a really interesting thing. Me specifically, I'm really going to focus on this idea of unlikely pairings. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout my career and throughout just things I've encountered on the show, there's this idea that we, you know, you put these two things together that just normally on paper don't make sense at all, and suddenly you've got something amazing. And so we're just going to, like, dive into that in a few different realms and verticals and, you know, uh, and hopefully have fun along the way, too. Um, but uh, just that idea of, like, in using that as a base for lighting up the next room. Chris, you, you talked about that goose bump moment. Uh, when's the last time you got a goose bump moment from technology or some other sort of innovation? Uh, I I get them all the time. I you know it, there's a there's a company I, I uh, just uh, interviewed. Uh, I think it's episode one ninety nine. Um, it's a, a company called Jam Card, and Jam Card is sort of a LinkedIn for professional musicians. And um, you know and I, and you can't just go and sign up. You have to be vetted, and they 
there's a whole quality control, and even the founder says, you have two options. You can either be Target or you can be Chanel, right? Chanel is like high-end, limited edition, quality mm-hmm. products. Target is kind of like, all right, the, everybody can have one. So, um, But it was just really fascinating the things that they've incorporated into their business model where they do these sessions called Jam Jams where you know they bring a ton of musicians out. I, went to, I had a chance to go to one, and you had Lady Gaga's guitarist. You had three or four different drummers from major bands. You had a, you know, an artist who's really popular here called Ty Dolla Sign. And it was just this sort of round-robin jam session. You could just tap to go in and play. And they shoot this in VR so that if you watch this on YouTube 360, you can actually be in the room. So they shot uh, the last one that I went to at uh, Capitol Records here in Los Angeles. And it's just this amazing way to, like, shine a light on your brand, right? So it's not something like, of course, you just want membership and you want a couple of brands to come on and fund it and you want to get investors. But there's this idea of brand that sometimes gets lost. And, and Jamcar did such a, has done such a great job at that. Um, they have a, actually even have a Sundance um, entry uh, a documentary that they shot on this idea of trap jazz, which I'll spare you the details on. And then lastly, Quincy Jones was just part of an investment group that became a part of this company. This was just announced a couple of days ago. So I, I you know, it not the most like, oh my gosh, it's, it's the, we're going to be transporting ourselves to the moon kind of idea. It's just really like, oh, it's almost like, why didn't I think of that? Like, and I think sometimes that's what innovation gives us. It's like, oh, that is such a great way of going about doing that. Um, so yeah, that's that's the last one that I, that I can think of that sort of gave me the, the goosebumps. I've got to say my, my heart sank when you said LinkedIn, but then uh, it, it quickly fluttered into life again when you said four musicians, which I guess is a great example of the unlikely pairings you're going to be talking about at AdTech here in Auckland on the 15th of November. Chris Denson, thanks so much for joining me on the show. And thank you for having me. And you can uh, hunt down some tickets to that if you're in Auckland and want to hear more of what Chris and his other speakers have to say. AdTech Auckland, if you just Google it, or auckland.adtech.com. And do you know what? Do you know what? If you say uh, Radio Live in the discount code bit, they'll slip you a wicked 10% off. Hey, after the break, Anna Connell with the apps of the week and what's in an All Blacks wee wee. Yep, we can say it. Back soon. The Internet Explained. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis on Radio Live. Kia ora, welcome back to Sunday Social. Vaughan Davis with you right through until 8 o'clock and you can listen back to the the interview with Chris Denson just now at radiolive.co.nz under Shows and Sunday Social or if you are a podcast person, which would be appropriate because he's a podcast host, you can just hunt me down in Apple iTunes. Anna Connell, welcome back to the show. Kia ora, Vaughan. How's your, uh, you've been working, you've been working all weekend. I have been working all weekend, which is a sad state of affairs, but you know. The the life of the, the, the self-employed exactly. um, Jane of all trades. Exactly. So I was down in Napier yesterday doing a conference presentation about social media and 
doing some work. People still go to conferences to listen. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I I I, I do those presentations myself, so I can. I was talk. introduced as a social media ballerina, the black swan of social media, which I quite like. What does that even mean? That doesn't. But it's a good intro. It's, it's a, a good. It's intro. a really good it's intro. A tight intro. And Turn around. I want to see if the, if the, <laughs> the little the, the quills are growing out of your spine. I just liked the sort of the darkness that was implied. It was good. I love it. Black hat, black hat, social media <laughs> operative, kind of cool. Now, um, All Blacks last night, eh? Uh, yes. You, you would have, you would have watched. Uh, I, I was out doing something else, but I was aware of it. I was out doing something else as well, <laughs> and walked, walked sort of past a bar which had a very big, bright screen. Not many people watching, which really surprised me. Uh, they'd obviously thought lots of people were going to be there, but uh, big screen and and I walked past sort of. Um, at just before half time, went, Whoa, that can't be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wall passed again at 10 minutes to full time and went, mm, This is definitely not right. So, watch for the last uh, 10 excruciating minutes. But uh, this could all have been averted if at half time Bowden Barrett had weed into a special cup that you're going to tell me all about. Yes. So, that's Wee Wee's, folks. The, we're talking about All Blacks Wee's. Number ones. Look at that. Um, Who is the All Black number one? I wouldn't even know. <laughs> but the, the, num- the number one could do number ones. So, um, there has. Is the captain the number one? I no, I don't. Karen, Karen Weed? Oh, Karen, oh no, this is terrible. Um, so, yeah, so the, look, there's been a guy in town called Monir Zook. Or Zock? Zock. 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 Sounds like it sounds a little little bit like a Bond villain, but um, this it, is, this it is, does. This is his real name. Quite a cool name. So look, he is a sports technology expert, and he's been here for a there's been a biomechanics conference going on, um, and he is talking about the fact that. He thinks that technology is basically the next kind of the use of technology is the next next step in terms of um, athletes and and elite athletes and trying to figure out where they can they find those tiny little gains that will make all of the, the difference that might have made the difference last night. Just that just that one um, drop. Just oh. a tiny one percent mm, of mm, mm. golden. No, okay, I'll stop there. Anyway, so he is talking about the fact that um, the major sports drinks companies, your Powerades and Gatorades and whatnot have developed drink bottles and portable urinals so that at halftime an athlete or, or, or whenever they're midway through or whatever, obviously not a 100-metre sprint or something, can come off, pee, pee into this thing, and then it will relay real-time physiological data back to the coaches about what's going on with their bodies. And then also he talks about, which is kind of so, so, less okay. gross. So that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. There, there is no shortage of data in this world. So all, you've, all, all, your, all your friend Munir Zok has done is made the problem worse by going, okay, now we've got even more data. We've got the chemical composition of Bowdoin Barrett's Wii. Yeah. What, what do we do with this information? Well, ap- apparently you can get a lot out of it that it's all about, you know, finding out kind of, you know, maybe it's about what they eat beforehand or um I you know I don't I don't play a lot of sports born so I'm not attuned to to this type of thing but he also talks about um you know the clothing the tactile sort of technology that's going on not interested in that back to the week you would just um, want to talk about the the, 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 the the thing that interested me about it though and maybe I was reading what was in the article or maybe I was just reading what I thought would be cool um is the idea that so Bowden pees in a cup. The cup analyzes what's in his wee wees and and that tells us certain things about his body. 
and then it tells the um, the, the the water boy yeah. that's probably a job to you know put maybe hydrate him more yeah or, 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 or rehydrate him with certain things so a dash of potion A a dash of potion B yeah. a dash of potion C and next thing you know there's um, there's a drop goal and, and we and we win the game so the water boys become you know alchemists mad scientists mad scientists I mean this, this is this is already kind of going on but not in real time. Um, you you you'll know to look at me, Anna. Though you used to run a lot of marathons. That's exactly what I would have thought. Did you know that? Um, I, I, have, I might have. I have a permanent. You do look a little wiry. I have a yeah. I have a little wiry. I have, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I, have wi- I have wiry fingers. Um, I have a permanent number in the Auckland Marathon, which you get if you have you know, after you, oh, do, wow. you do five, they give you a permanent okay. number. But one of the things I used to notice is at the drinks tables there were the um, the drinks for the hoi polloi, which is just everyone either gets water or Gatorade or whatever it was sponsored that, that yeah. year, or flat Coke was the other one. Flat ah, Coke, flat right. Coke, very popular marathon drink. Yeah. Or the elites would have labelled um, bottles which had their, their personal blend, their of personal blend of whatever it is. But what, what we're saying now is we could we could, we could could personalise it in real time to what they need at the time. I think it's interesting. It, it's got, it, it is interesting. But, but consumer applications too, I mean, I, I can see the idea of a smart toilet. This interests me. So you, 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 Yeah, you did indicate that, yeah. The whole yeah. thing interests me. The whole thing interests um, you. <laughs> no, it interests me. It interests me. Boys are interested in their own wee. Because we, we stand there and go, mmm. Well, anal- boys analyse their own wee every day. That's what it is. More, That's what it is. You? We look at yeah. it and we go, oh, yeah. dehydrated, I need beer. And, <laughs> and so, But the idea that your toilet bowl could have Tell sensors built into it and yep. could say, you know what, Vaughan, you, you've got the symptoms of this I, you know, either you just need a little bit more sugar or uh, a little bit more protein, a little less fat, yep. or you might have the symptoms of some disease. You could be taking urine tests in real time every time you go to the toilet. Well, exactly. I think it's cool. Relay it back to your smartphones. And look, I, you know... Did it, someone say smartphones? I did say smartphones. Let's talk about the so iPhone. So shall we go into that? Yeah. Yeah, so... Did you get up at 5am on Wednesday? No, God, no. No, no. no. I, I don't know. I'm. It just... So the so Apple have done their annual um big show hurrah thing about their new iPhones and watches and blah 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 coming out and everything, and of course you know it's the biggest thing since sliced bread. I actually used to really enjoy following. There was one particular Guardian technology journalist who used to just tweet live tweet it, but so sarcastically it was hilarious. Um, but yes, no. So they've got new phones out and they're. The XSs or X, which is which is the ten. That's what the X is. It's not XS for extra Look, small, I mean, like a pair of pants. It's, come on, it's, we all got used to it's a one, it's a two, it's a three, and now they've introduced this X situation, and I think it's very confusing for people. It is, but if they call it the ten, all the geeks will go, "Oh, that's binary for um, two, or whatever it is." I don't uh, even know what it's binary uh, for. Anyway, and and so there's an XR. There's an XS Max. Do, I mean, it doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? Oh, it got an really XS doesn't. Max. I've got it. I remember. Ha- I remember having an iPhone three and being very proud of it indeed. But the thing that really grabbed me um, by the nose was the price of these things. So they've released the New Zealand retail pricing. Uh, these are available this Friday. You yeah, could, you could, in New Zealand. Yeah. You could rush out and buy one. Um, they start at the absolute entry level one that does nothing apart from maybe make a phone call. It's a, it's basically a landline. It's basically a landline without a, without a cord. One thousand three hundred and ninety nine dollars. I, I seem to recall that was what 
top-end top iPhones cost not yeah, so long ago. But that and, was 10 years ago. Yes, and I don't know. But the, so the top, top-end one, the, the, the biggest screen, the most memory, yada, yada, yada. So the XS Max, which will have, what, 512 gigabytes probably? Yeah, gigs of storage, lots of storage. Um, is $2,799. That is a smack load. That is a lot of, of money. And really, have they added? I mean, I've got an iPhone 7 Plus, and the screen has cracked about a year ago because I, I dropped it and just spontaneously crack. And I, you know, I should probably replace it, but I actually just resent paying that much money. There can't be a thousand dollars worth of new stuff in there. That's what I'm thinking. And he, uh, I'm the host of Sunday Social. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm the tech guy. Um, and, and it got it incensed me to the point that I, I spent uh, four and a half minutes Googling what you could buy for the price of the XS Max uh, with the maximum storage, $2,799. You could buy on Trade Me a very tidy 1996 Nissan Bluebird. What a, what a car, you know? It's a great car. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're beloved of yeah. um, boy races with not much <laughs> money. Um, 430 Big Macs, and that's not so flippant because that's an, an, an index of uh, global spending power. Yes, the, the Big yeah, Mac. yeah, the Big Mac, yeah. And, um, electricity for a year. So do you want a phone or do you want electricity for a year? Hmm. I mean, look, Hard call. I'm, you know, phones are expensive. And there's lots of different options and you can definitely get cheaper phones than that. But I just feel like, you know, the Apple stuff used to be so exciting and they used to, you know, and I just wonder, well, is there just not much left for them to do now? I tell you what they could do is fix the Blimmin' Podcasts app and iTunes because those because, are because a debacle. And, and more people would listen to us. So, so it's, your, <laughs> it's, your, it's, your, it's your theory in September 2018 that everything that can be invented has been invented. Technology is finished. I would definitely like to go on the record of saying that tonight. <laughs> uh, with, with, with the one exception of the uh, of the toilet that analyses, the smart your, toilet, analyses your wee-wee. Yeah, yeah. I bet it exists. Yeah. We're, we're, do you know what? We're going to Google that in the break. After the break, the apps you just cannot get through the week without. Back soon. It's Sunday Social, an hour dedicated to social media with Vaughan Davis. And welcome back to Sunday Social. Don't worry, be happy. There's a bazillion apps out there. Most of them are rubbish. Anna, what's the most rubbish app you've ever encountered? Uh, I I feel like we. I should have prepped this question. We, well, I think we've talked about this before, and have then we? you have always we? trump we? me with the app that um. Not the the dolphin one. The dolphin one, where you're just like the the niche use of this is so small it probably shouldn't exist. You could have just spent <laughs> you could have spent the money on buying more dolphins. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. There's plenty of crap apps. I, I, I was I was talking about this with someone the other day, and I I, I wasn't sure there's this ruler app that I downloaded because thought oh ruler app's quite good. Yeah. Who, who doesn't like measuring yeah, things? Yeah, um, yeah. But it, it, I thought it would use motion sensors or 3D, you know, space detection through the camera. Uh, it's just a picture of a ruler, yeah. and you just hold your phone up. And I suppose if you had one of those new um, iPhone uh, XS Maxes, you, you could, could measure really big things. Longer things. Longer now, things. Um, now, don't say we don't do anything for you. We've been Googling in the break, and yes, indeed, smart toilets exist. Um, the world's biggest toilet maker, Toto, and you thought they were all about the rains down in Africa. No, <laughs> they're about no. way more than that. Um, they've prototyped a toilet that measures your urine flow rates, which is actually quite a, an, an important measure. Well, uh, yeah, for men, probably more than women, I would have thought. 
given the prostate connection. Oh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm guessing yeah. they're going at. But yeah. but but I think changes over time for anyone is is worth knowing. Okay, is worth knowing. So uh, it's a prototype only at the moment. So don't rush out. But Toto's about to bring. You're out... You're going to be signing up. You'll be on the beta program for for that, won't you? I'll be I'll be the number I'll be the <laughs> their number their number one customer. Um, it's it's called the the Floski. Floski. Oh, gosh. It's the Floski. And then there's another company in the States which uh, may turn out to be the Theranos of We, if anyone gets that reference, um, called uh, Scanadu. Scanadu. Yeah, we don't know much about them, <laughs> but uh, we just love the fact that Olivia Newton-John's going to sing all their ads. Amazing. 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 Absolutely amazing. Let's talk apps because it is the end of Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori. That's correct. Um, and I've got a confession to make. Uh, last week, Paul Brislin and I made a terrible, terrible snafu. Did you? What did you do? Well, he came. He comes rub, rabbiting in, and uh, you know, no prep. Rabbiting just, in. Rabbiting. Just, he was. He was rabbiting. He was rabbiting. Destroying and, Paul Brislin on air right now. Yeah, and and he said, "Oh, we we should look at this uh, Kupu app yes. from uh, from Spark." Because it's meant to translate um, from English into Te Reo Māori, but it's really bad. Have a look, and so I, I pointed it at um, I pointed I pointed it at a word on a page, which is what he told me to do, and it failed to translate it. Oh, Brazil! Because that's not what it's meant to it's do. Not what it's it's full, not mate. what it's meant to do. It's no. actually it's actually a gorgeous, awesome app, and I'm saying this. <laughs> I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because the, um, the there there are clearly people at Spark who are employed to do nothing but sit and listen to Radio Live because the next day they, they got in touch and said, <coughs> excuse me, by which time I'd, I'd worked out the error of my ways anyway. So it's a wonderful app. Uh, you point your phone at an object and it, it either tells you what the object is in Te Reo Māori or in my case tells me it's an inappropriate photo and it's not going to translate it. Yeah, It yeah. was just my hand. Yeah, okay, all right. My, my, my wiry, wiry hand. Yeah. As we've already, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pleased I didn't. So, so that app's great, it. but you've you've got another one, another one, uh, kind of in the same area. Yeah, so I think there's a few of these kind of kicking around now, but um, this one is from Temangai Paho. So we should explain who they are. They are the Māori Broadcasting. Funding body. Funding body. Funding body, yeah. Um, and they have launched a bit of a social media campaign, which is hashtag one million. One million. One million. One million dollars. And they are attempting to get one million people engaged in speaking just a little bit of te reo. So in time for uh, te wiki o te Māori, just to see. I try. No, no, keep I trying. Try. Well, te wiki do, o te reo Māori. Excellent, because I mucked it up on the when I was speaking to Chris earlier on, but yeah. I, and then I felt really bad, but I thought, no, I'll keep trying. Yeah, no, I mean, Paddy Gow was really good this week as an aside, wasn't he, when he sort of said he really struggles with it and yep. Um, yep. keep on giving it a go. But anyway, they've got an app where you can construct your uh, pepeha, which is essentially how you go about introducing yourself if you were on a marae or, or yeah. so, in, so, a, so in a situation. My, my river is, my mountain yep. is, my, my waka is, and, yep. and so on. Yep. yep. Ko te waikato, te awa. Yeah. Ko te prongia, te monga. I learnt mine. So, so, so you can input um, those little bits of details, like your name and, and what what your mountain and river So back are. up, this, this is an app. It's called Pepeha. It's called Pepeha, so you can download it from, from the app store uh, and it will just pull together a pepeha for you and then 
it you can share that to social media. You can record it, and um, you can obviously record a little bit of a video. So so I I did it because one of my um, friends sort of uh, the idea is is that there's a widow a challenge, and you pass that on to people, and so you know you do it, and then you tag a couple of other people to do it as well. So one of my friends tagged it, and I thought. I was sitting in my hotel room on Friday night and thought, I'd better, I'd better do this. It only took seven takes <laughs> to, to, to get it semi-decent. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a bit – it's a wee bit clunky. It's, yeah. it's, this, yeah. this, this is the thing, and, and I, I was I was a bit loath to, to do this but because um, I got it so horribly, horribly wrong with Kupu last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is a great idea for an app because there the, are the, 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 Fewer and fewer areas of business and public life uh, where this is not a useful skill. Hundred percent. It's it's pretty rare for someone in two thousand eighteen to have a life that doesn't um, involve stepping onto a marae, right? Yeah. So and to do that without a pepe heart, I mean, I, I just sort of blunder through it and do an English version. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you yeah. can do better. So the idea of it is great, but the app itself. Oh, I know it's a wee bit, and it's a bit big too. You it's it, it it's one hundred and seventy-eight megabytes. It's, a, it's big. I don't know why. Mm, I don't mm. know why because essentially it's a form. Yes. The heart of it is a form. You fill in the name of the mountain. You fill in the name yeah. of the lake or river. You fill in the name of the waka. You fill yeah. in, you know, your your marae, and and then out out comes uh, your pepeha. But I don't know. I hope I hope it uh, continues to evolve. Uh, I hope they don't go. Oh, we did it, and it was, it was okay. They're not going to get to a million with with, with an app like this. Yeah, it needs to be um, a little bit easier to use, but but bit more seamless. But look, it's it's. I mean, I think we've seen a lot this week, which has been all about, I guess, trying to make it a little bit easier and more accessible. And I suppose removing the excuse of. Well, I don't know how to say that because the, the app also has that, um, you know, text-to-speech yep, functionality yep, as yep. well. So you can learn your pronunciation and stuff, which is there, really there, good. There is certainly no shortage of tools out there, which is which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, people say, you know, that, that uh, Māori Language Week is just a, a one-hit wonder once, uh, once a year. But if that one week is encouraging uh, government departments and businesses and, and groups to, you know, focus their efforts and come out with a new app or a new website or a new platform that is used uh, forevermore, I think it's absolutely worth it. Yep. Um, Taupanga is app I learned last week. Oh, right, yes. Which I, which I yeah. quite like. Which I quite like. And, and ipurangi, which is internet, meaning uh, literally source or stream, I think is a much better word. A much better word ipurangi. than... Uh, yeah, than, that's quite than, nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah than internet. Yeah. I quite like it. The word for social media seems to be quite complicated, though, doesn't yes, it? Yes, that is that is a bit of a stretch. So it means to broadcast in public, and it is uh, pay papaho papuri. Yes, so, yeah. Mm. Quite a mouthful. It is quite a mouthful. I think I'll just stick to the old social media. Hey, one last app before we go, Google Art Selfies. Um, the, I thought this had been released already, but uh, they're talking about it like it's been released again. Have you played with Google Art Selfies? Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. It's in the Google Arts and Culture app. Yeah. Yeah, so, I'm, sure, I'm sure they came out with this a wee while maybe ago. It's one, maybe yeah. it's one of these ones that they, they try in New Zealand and they think that doesn't count. And uh, <laughs> and, and, then, and then they do a global release. Permanently beta. But I, I, got, I got a marvellous match uh, tonight. Um so what it is, it's in the Google Arts and Culture app, which is good for lots of other reasons. It's a great uh, app. Just yeah. like it's an amazing library of art. Basically. Download it for free. Uh, there's a Google Art selfie thing where instead of you know doing a WhatsApp selfie and uh, um, oh, I've got a, I've got an app blank, not WhatsApp. 
uh, Snapchat. Instead of doing a Snapchat, a Snapchat out, instead of doing, no, instead of doing a, <laughs> a, a Snapchat selfie and giving yourself a rainbow tongue or dog ears, uh, you can give yourself a Google Art selfie, and it goes, hmm. I'll compare that selfie to all the photos uh, of paintings for the last 500 years and show you which historical painting or photograph you look like. Yeah, I mean, I look, it's so much fun, that stuff, but also I think it's really, and it's the same with um, kupu, There's, it's really starting to demonstrate the power of um, artificial intelligence, isn't it? It is really, yeah. really cool. Hey, well, I can't believe the time has flown by so quickly. So Anna much Connell, fun. Anna Connell, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. Uh, Chris Denson in the first half. He was an absolute pleasure. Saskia in the booth. Brilliant, as always. Next up, the weekend variety wireless. I'm Bourne Davis. Nighty night.